Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here with Michael Spidalia, founder and principal of First Time Founder Capital, mentor at Techstars, Founder Institutes, and others. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing. It's our pleasure. So, Michael, to get us started, can you give us a bit of a history and background of your, you and your business? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I uh, this is my fourth business that I've started. Um, I, I started my first company uh, six months before college ended. It was in the entertainment space. Um, kept that going for about four years or so. Latter two, I was acting CEO. Um, really just got sort of bit by the entrepreneurship bug. Uh, really uh, loved the 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 camaraderie and having to wake up and learn something new, put out a new fire every day. Um, just became sort of obsessed with the lifestyle. Um, so as we were closing up shop on that one, I, I uh, was actually, I, I began working on what was going to be the first cannabis-friendly cafe in the U.S. Um, out in Denver. Um, did some some strong work on that for a little while, but unfortunately I had to back burner that um, just due to some, some external issues. Uh, I was asked in the beginning of the pandemic to join an impact startup studio in Denver, um, the cohort was going to be focused on uh, industries that were hit hardest by COVID. So uh, things like food and supply chain, um, things that were were really sort of demolished uh, by the pandemic. Uh, I met my most recent co-founder, Jason, during that first day of the program. And we built a uh, hardware software solution in the food space that was working on cutting into some of the food waste at the delivery level. Um, which was uh, scaling rapidly alongside the the delivery market itself. Um, we unfortunately had to close up shop on that. Uh, another issue that that I won't get into, but um, that allowed me to spin up uh, Spitalier Consulting. So I uh, was focused on helping uh, smaller companies, early stage companies with business development consulting. Um, so things like go-to-market strategy, new, re new revenue stream assessment, sales strategy audits, um, all that fun stuff. Uh, about six months into that, I started to realize that a lot of the companies I was speaking with were first time. And I started watching them make a lot of first time fundraising, fundraising consulting. Um, I ended up connecting that first client to an investor from my past who closed that client's round, uh, which gave me a bit of an aha realization of um, that being a massive value add to these clients. So that was sort of the the first step into diving headfirst uh, into the the fundraising consulting. Um, I started to to pick up a lot of traction and steam with that. Um, so here I am with uh, first time founder capital. I made it public about three months ago or so. Um, what first time founder capital does is, I'm brought in by early stage founders, typically pre-seed to series A, to help build and fortify uh, a strong foundation for a successful fundraise. So think things as early as, you know, helping understand how much they should be raising, valuation targets, who their ideal investor is, uh, helping them build out a list to, to uh, go after, um, helping them uh, create a data room that tells the right story, pitch deck pitch, you know, all the necessary building blocks in order to successfully secure capital. 
Um, on the other side of the business, I have been uh, building up a network of active investors, sort of spinning off of that first interaction with that first client. Um, I have one-on-one -on -one calls with these investors uh, where I dive into exactly what they're looking to invest in, uh, industry-focused, typical check size stage, um, all of that information about their thesis that I would need to know. And then I use that data to send along curated and strategic deal flow, i.e. clients of mine when they fit within that fund's thesis. Okay, amazing. Um, that's that's a lot to take in, um, but sounds amazing. And how, how it's did been you... a journey. Yeah, I can tell. Um, so at what point of your life did you realize that you wanted to, or that you knew you were bitten by the entrepreneur bug? Like, have you always known you wanted to have your own business and run your own business? No, definitely not. Uh, so I, uh, I actually went to film school for a year. I took the year off, worked in a rock climbing gym, um, and, uh, just spent the year rock climbing and then went to school for music, um, down in Orlando. And that's where I met my, my three co-founders. Uh, my first company. Um, I ended up moving to Austin for about nine months after school, uh, and you know worked South by Southwest. Uh, did a did a lot of really fun things there, but um, ended up getting a call from the CEO of my my first startup, my friend Wes, um, saying that we were gaining some traction with the company, and uh, he wanted everyone to move up to Colorado. Uh, so we ended up um, we ended up all four of us moving to his parents' house. Uh, which was this really magnificent place. Uh, and all four of us were were living in in this house, sort of like um, the show Silicon Valley, uh, where we would wake up, we would um, eat breakfast and and play video games and all of that and go out and, and, and all that fun stuff, all while talking about business, all while building our company. Um, and I think that's really what uh, what began the the love of building, operating, you know. I love that. It's like straight out of a movie. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was an exceptional opportunity. I definitely, uh, I definitely think about those times a lot. Very, very uh, fun. I can imagine. How long ago was that? Oh, that was about ten years ago, maybe. Um, about then, yeah. Okay, amazing. And so they're not your partners anymore. Your co-founders anymore? No. no. No, we okay. uh we ended up uh we ended up deciding you know we hit that sort of classic crux of of startups where um we we needed more investment in order to gain more traction yet we needed more traction to gain investment um and you know we could have we could have kept slogging along and and pushing through it but um, we all sort of collectively decided that we were young we we wanted to um, pursue other dreams and goals um, so we we uh, we dissolved the company very amicably um, still friends with the the lot. Okay, amazing. That's yeah, that's a beautiful story. I love it. Um, and when exactly did you found or did you start first time founder capital? What? How long ago was that? That was maybe. It's tough to say. I lose lose track of the time. Um, <laughs> I would say somewhere between six and eight months is when I I started to really uh, discover uh, the opportunity here. Um, you know, I was uh, I was working with founders, talking to founders a lot, just because of the the um, the network that I've built up over the past ten years in the space. Uh, mentoring for TechStars, Founder Institute, all of that. Uh, and as soon as I started talking to founders and realizing that this is uh, a, a need, right? Especially, it was sort of coincided perfectly with the sort of terror and gloom 
that has been investing. Uh, you know, the 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 top down terror of um, the IPO window closing and that that bleeding into later stage um, CDE. You know, uh, and then and then the the idea that it was going to start creeping down all the way to pre-seed and and investors were going to close their pocketbooks. You know, it sort of was a a it was great timing. Okay, amazing, awesome, and so I wanted to say ask you how how you've adapted to any changes in the industry, um, if there have been any, because it's quite a recent uh, business you've got. So have there been any changes or obstacles that you've overcome since you started? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a very hectic. 12 months for the venture industry and the, the startup industry. Right. I mean, it's, uh, it's been talked about a lot. Uh, I, I've been, uh, following Peter over at Carta who posts a bunch on LinkedIn of about the, the industry and the, the types of investments, the, uh, valuations, the, the closes, all of that, um, within specific industries and, uh, all of those percentages have fallen. Right. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been a bit of a regroup for the investor side of things where they aren't giving money away for free uh, as it seemed 18, 24 months ago. Um, so that's been an interesting shift to deal with coming in sort of in the middle, right? I, I wasn't there before uh, during the, the sort of golden times. Uh, so, so coming in and seeing the, um, you know, the aftermath or, or the, the uh, you know, the current scenario um, has been an interesting shift in thinking, right? I'm talking to all these investors. Um, I'm hearing that they're still allocating capital, uh, but I'm also talking to to founders who are telling me it's incredibly difficult to get any uh, investor conversations going. Uh, you know, it's it's been it's been an interesting time to be at that sort of apex, the 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 middleman uh, uh, with one foot in each of the the industries. Yeah, I can I can imagine it's been it's been a time for startups. Um, I've been following it quite quite thoroughly, and it's it's good that you you're doing well. And what, a question I like to ask uh, founders is: at what point of your entrepreneurial journey did it click, and you were like, "Wow, I'm I'm actually good at this. I'm I'm going to be a successful business owner." I mean, a a, a big part of me wants to say as that that first business right i mean i, I was a i was a cocky 21 year old i i thought that we had uh i thought we had the next unicorn and i acted like it um but you know it's uh with each of the companies there have been stages of that right so the first company there was definitely a stage um and and that that saw its shift and the second company as well dealing with uh you know, jumping from a web CEO to a physical spaces CEO, dealing with uh, the cannabis industry and the regulations around that, physical spaces, um, real estate agents, um, you know, the the entire design of the place, sourcing coffee beans was a very different thing. Um, but I, I, I saw a lot of positivity in the, uh, you know, the, the people around me when I talked about it in Denver. Um, and then with this, uh, most recent one, the food one, I, I really, uh, you know, I, I had all the high hopes, but, um, I think that's just part of the, the roller coaster, right? I mean, uh, entrepreneurship is, is, uh, 
perfectly akin to a, a uh, an absurd roller coaster. Um, you go in for the for the ups. You, you got to be ready for the downs. Amazing. And what what tools or tactics have you used to like help you on this journey? Um, to help you overcome obstacles and challenges. With this business specifically, um, I've used the sort of networking skills that I've built up over the past 10 years um, to really help me build that investor network. Um, I think that's one of the biggest value adds that I have at, at First Time Founder is um, having the investors to make the intros to. Um, and, you know, I worked a, I worked a sales job at one point, uh, when I was working on that second business. And, and of course those tools and tactics that I learned there have been, uh, really helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the mentoring for the different accelerators has been hugely impactful. Um, it's helped me understand where the, the startup landscape is, um, where where founders are, are having the most difficulty, uh, you know what to what to look for in in a successful company. Um, so I think that's been been hugely helpful as well. Okay, amazing. So, do you have any specific uh, metrics that you use or KPIs to measure the success of your business? And how is it? So you you kind of started within the AI revolution, right? So, do you use AI on a regular basis to help measure your metrics and KPIs? I will, um, not necessarily at the moment. Um, so as far as the metrics that I focus on, you know, uh, that, that really speak to the success of my business, um, investor conversations. So the conversations that I can set up between investors, um, curated strategic investors for startups, uh, that's definitely an important metric. Uh, you know, shots on goal is very important um, in the the uh, fundraising game. Um, that conversion of those conversations into capital, uh, of course, you know that 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 obviously speaks to success. If I can help these founders get the capital they're looking for, um, and some more, you know, intangible ones like uh, you know, client happiness. If we if we end working together and they're happy, that of course is is a huge success metric for me. Um, and you know, when, when uh, a client comes in and they, they, um, engage first time founder capital for what I call the foundations package, which doesn't involve me helping shop the deal around, um, their preparedness to, uh, raise after working with me is definitely one that I, I try to focus on as well. Um, getting them, you know, armed to the teeth so that they're, they're prepared and ready, uh, to attack that ideal investor list that we built together. Okay, great. So do do most of your clients end up uh, upselling or up purchasing? <laughs> so do, do they start on the low package and then move their way up? Is that a common thing for you? Not necessarily common. I mean, it, it has happened. Uh, it, the conversations have happened around that, certainly. And it's always an option um, when they, they pick the foundations package. But um, I've had just as many sign up for the what I call the fractional COO package um, than, than the, uh, foundations package. Okay. Amazing. Um, so as a entrepreneur with, with a couple of businesses you've gone through, what are your, what's your next move for, for first time founder capital? 
where do you see yourself in let's say five years and maybe 10 years sorry about that my video got a little messed up um that's a good question. So there are a couple different avenues uh, that I've been I've been pondering, right? I mean, the, the one of the obvious avenues that has opened up is jumping into the investing side myself. Um, you know, I'm I'm seeing the deal flow. I'm working with investors uh, every day. Um, I'm I'm speaking with new investors um, all the time. So I think that jumping into the investing game is is certainly on. It's certainly on a on my timeline. I think that it, it's definitely something I want to jump into, whether that be you know SPVs, um, a rolling fund of my own, um, something along those lines. I do think that there is also an opportunity for me to jump into one of the companies that I help, right? If their if their idea is is interesting enough, and I think I can bring enough value. Um, and and we work really well together. There's there's always that opportunity to sort of jump back into the founder's seat um, and uh, them continue to raise and and sort of catapult into um, Series A, Series B, Series C, all of that. Okay, great. And it sounds like you've got a lot of opportunities because you're working with these great businesses. It's an awesome networking opportunity, even yeah. while you're making yeah. money. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's been fantastic. You know, I I uh, I started first time founder with the goal of helping founders um, because I've I've struggled through fundraising myself. Um, I've seen a bunch of uh, friends and colleagues struggle through fundraising, um, and and that's sort of the 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 entire purpose behind this is to to give back to the startups, um, the the startup ecosystem that you know I, I fell in love with ten years ago. Um, and and that sort of correlates into the the mentoring for tech stars and founder institute and and all of those. Yeah, hundred percent. So, have you had any strategic partnerships or collaborations that have helped you grow your business, or do you plan on bringing on any partners or collaborators? So I have uh, my the third package that I have. Uh, to offer um, isn't necessarily focused solely on startups, um, but it is what I call the deliverables package. And that comes with a pitch ready deck, a branded website and a uh, personalized data room. So I have some subcontractors that work on the uh, website side and the uh, pitch deck side. Um, I've been building up a, a, a uh, services list essentially um, that I offer to clients of mine as well that has, you know, uh, digital marketing services, uh, uh, fractional CROs, uh, you know, sort of anything that your, your company could need. I've been building up a list of service providers for that. So, uh, in a sense there, there's certainly a, a bit of a partnership. Um, I have this wonderful person that I work with on, uh, dissecting, uh, pitch decks. When a client comes in, uh, we do a run through their pitch deck, her and I, um, to determine where where it needs help, um, and and she's magnificent, um, and you know there there are a couple other people that are are in a very similar position as me that that help startup founders with their fundraising um, that that have been uh, incredibly helpful and and very generous with their time as well. Okay, amazing. That's that's awesome to hear. So we are running out of a bit of time. Um, but before we go, do you have any advice 
firstly, for other business owners looking to succeed in this industry, and secondly, for startups to succeed? Do you have any advice for them? I think something that I mention in a lot of calls um, with with founders um, and even with investors is this idea that, you know, I said it in the beginning where where people are are maybe less so now, but people were terrified that investment dollars were going to be gone. Um, but the 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 reality is it is not gone. A lot of capital is still being allocated. Investors still have to allocate capital. It's just a matter of allocating that capital toward better businesses. So if you can put yourself in a position to increase your metrics, to increase traction, increase revenue, whatever metric you really want to focus on and, and have be your, your sort of pillar of success when putting yourself in front of investors, um, beef that up as much as possible because that's only going to help you get in front of the investors that you want to uh, partner with, um, that you want on your cap table. And it's going to help you get favorable terms, right? I mean, the the days of uh, jumping into an investor call with uh, a black and white pitch deck that just says Web3 on it and getting a blank check are gone. Um, it's a matter of building businesses that are, are more de-risked, um, helping sort of get you to that middle ground where uh, the investor wants to invest and it's not so much of a, a, um, a stranglehold on you. 100%. I appreciate you sharing that. And thanks for being on the show, Michael. Uh, it's It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Um, what would the best way for people to get in touch with Michael Spiralia if you have any office for them or they want to reach out for your services or any advice? What would the best way for people to contact you be? Yeah, absolutely. So I have, uh, I have my LinkedIn, of course. Um, I'm on that uh, far too often. Um, but I also have a website first uh, that I can I can send you the link um, and and you can post it in the show notes um, for people to reach out, understand what the services look like, all of that. Um, but yeah, please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. Always happy to chat with with founders um, and uh, investors as well. If you're you're interested in jumping in and and getting some curated strategic deal flow sent your way. Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show. I really yeah, enjoyed the you. conversation. I did as well. Thank you so much. Amazing. Keep well. Will do. You as well.